0: Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. As always, I'm your host, Zach Weiss, giving you the latest scoop on what's happening in Cavalier Kingdom. And right now, it ain't too great. Things are not going too well. And you think a 14-40 team with a player in the Rising Stars game and Colin Sexton, a couple other young studs and Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr., Don't make any negative headlines over the All-Star break. Well, you know, they beat the Hawks 127-105. to That was all fine and dandy. That was a great win for them. But, you know, that's the last positive we saw. And that was his last game before the break. It was good to see. And now, they got a new coach coming in. J.B. Bickerstaff. John Beeline. Gone. He was 14 and 40 while he was here, and he you hate to see that. I mean, he's born February 5th, 1953. He's not exactly a young guy. He just turned 67, but he spent 27 years in the NCAA, and now he can't even last one season in the NBA. I mean, the season's a lot longer. There are many factors that tie into it. But wow. John Beeline, done in Cleveland, 27 years in the NCAA. He had a winning record at Canisius, a winning record at Richmond, a winning record at West Virginia, a winning record at Michigan. In the MAC Conference, the CAA, the A-10, the Big East, the Big Ten, great. It's a couple appearances in the Final Four. And, you know, his son, which I didn't even know, his son, Patrick Beeline, uh, also, has been a head coach. He coached Division Three West Virginia Wesleyan, the Bobcats. They went thirty-two and twenty-seven, and he coached Lemoyne, seventy-seven and forty-one. Several trips to the Division Three tournament. And if we look at his coaching tree, he was a grad assistant at Michigan for his dad for two years, and he went to Dartmouth for a year, and then he went to Bradley. He was the Director of Basketball Operations. He was an assistant with the Utah Jazz in 2014-15, getting a year of NBA experience. By the way, graduated from West Virginia in 2006 with a Bachelor of Arts. And then he goes to LeMoyne. He was a two-time New England 10 Coach of the Year. A couple trips again to the Division Three Tournament three years in a row. He was supposed to coach at Niagara. And... That would have been great. You know, D1 head coaching gig called it a dream job for him, especially growing up in the Rochester area, not too far from home. And then it fell through, personal reasons. And I I was unaware of this. This happened very shortly into the NBA season. So you had to believe it was weighing on John Beeline's mind that his son was having some problems and he couldn't take his job. So probably, you know, it might have been on his mind a little bit, a lot of it. It's his son, and he couldn't do his dream, carry out his dream job because of personal issues, and was unaware of that, and I hope he's doing all right now. As a result, Greg Paulus, the former Duke basketball player and Syracuse quarterback, took over at the helm. Never a know. Near 500 season, nevertheless, that's definitely part of what happened, and you had the slugs and thugs, John Beeline slip of the tongue, and, you know, life isn't perfect for anybody. It never is. You know, there's always something... But there was just a lot of issues, I, I guess. All, all the players would start to play music with the word thugs in the name and thug in the lyrics. And the likes of Trick Trick and Bone Thugs in Harmony. It, it's, it, it's childish stuff, but I, I mean, just wow, it's clear that he there was a lot going on here that's not so great. You did expect him to finish the season, but when Mike Brown came back as head coach, after he was fired in 2010, he lasted a year. Before Mike Brown was hired, they had Byron Scott for three full seasons. And things weren't great under Byron, but they were manageable. It could have been a lot worse. Now They didn't win a lot, but you didn't have the off-court issues. You stay drama-free, then Mike Brown comes back, they go 33-49, and 49. and then they say, eh, let's just bring in David Blatt. We don't know if we're getting LeBron, but let's just bring in David Blatt. They actually didn't expect him to come back, because David Blatt, they said, was not the hire meant to coach LeBron, but an up-and-coming team. Pressure was on, took him to the finals, They lost to the Warriors. They start the next season 30-11, and 11, and they're like, alright, bye David Blatt. Ty Lue becomes head coach, they win the title. Coaches the next two years with them. Lose a couple finals to the Warriors. And then Ty Lue, obviously gone after an 0-6 start. Larry Drew comes in did not want a job. Nearly walked away. Was never offered a, a contract like he wanted so that he can get stability. He did make it through the season, but as tumultuous as it gets, it didn't work out at all. So that's that. And then this season... John Beeline, all right. Michigan, home run higher. He'll, he'll do fine in the NBA. Well, he didn't. 14-40. and 40, His offensive schemes were, were basically set aside. And team saw it. He wasn't doing what he did in college. You had an article coming out in November, early in the season, that you can't be naming plays after animals. They had something called Panda. And a player, anonymous player, said it was child, that you you can't do that. It was immature. You had all, last season with the Cavs, all the veterans, saying Colin Sexton's not ready to play when he was starting. Somehow, you think when LeBron James leaves your city, the drama does too. And LeBron was great for Cleveland. He's the greatest player that ever played for the city and probably will be the greatest they ever have, no matter how many years go by. Would be the case for any city, Miami, except for the Lakers. But nevertheless, maybe we'll see what happens there. But the drama is supposed to stop. Well, Bron goes to LA. The Cavs can rebuild, start from scratch again, and do what they almost did the last time before he came back, which is a couple of years. You know, lose some games, get some picks. And then eventually start winning 25, 30, 35 games. They're not even on pace to win 25 right now. And we'll go to subject two on J.B. Bickerstaff. Not a big fan of this hire. And he's the associate head coach. It makes the most sense. No one else around the team will know what to do. So we look at his coaching tree. He was a three-year, or his coaching career. He got to the NBA at the ripe old age of 25. as a three-year assistant in Charlotte under his father, Bernie. And he spent four years in Minnesota. He was an assistant in Houston for five years, or four and a half years. And then Houston decided, after 10 games, they wanted to fire Kevin McHale in 2015 16. Okay, goodbye, Kevin McHale. 36 year old JB, your time to shine. He goes 37 and 34. They win one game against Houston and go 1 and 4 in that series. That was it. They had Dwight, they had Pat Bev, they had Solid Wings, James Harden. Nowhere. They went nowhere. Associate head coach in Memphis. Okay, new city. First year. Make the playoffs. That's all great, you know. They lost in the first round of the Spurs, but they fought their tails off. Year two. Oh, no. We're 19 games in and David Fizdale is fired. They fire Fizz. Bickerstaff goes 15 and 48, but yet found a way to get the job for another year. Last season, JB 33 and 49, third in the division. Not that they had a, not that they were expected to go anywhere, but you had Mike Conley for a good stretch of the year. You know, Jaron Jackson would come on. You acquire Jonas Valanciunas. You begin the year with Gasol had some players, but nothing worked out for them at all in the 33 wins. Now they're back. They're looking like a playoff team under Taylor Jenkins. So what what, what does that possibly tell you about Bickerstaff? That you bring in a coach that had never been the head man. He's got them from near the 11th, 12th in the West to an 8th seed. Almost as many wins as last year with still 28 to play. Houston, as soon as he's gone, as soon as JB goes, they bring in Mike D'Antoni, and they just racked up the wins. James Harden played point guard that year, averaged 11 assists, They got after it, and they fought. They've been to the conference finals, they've had no first-round exits. I mean, the, the players are a little different, if you had CP3 or Westbrook, that's one thing, but... You never know what you're going to get with a head coach. And it's pretty clear that J.B. Bickerstaff has not had a great track record. The teams he's been on have never gone far in the playoffs. Charlotte, Minnesota, his time in Houston, Memphis. Now he's with Cleveland. He's still only 40 years old. But he'll probably be at the helm for next season. But what the Cavs need to do, maybe it'll turn around finally. But it just seems wherever he goes, he becomes the head coach at some point. In Memphis, it took two years. In Houston, he wasn't even the associate head coach. He was just one of the assistants. Three coaches have gotten fired, and he's taken their place in the last five years. And that is very interesting. And there were rumors that Cavs players were listening to J.B. Bickerstaff, not J.B. As in, John Beeline, they're listening to him over Beeline and earlier in the season. And he's a veteran. And it's funny that he's 27 years younger, yet he's considered the veteran here. It's just it's where he's been. It's understandable, but still funny. Just hope that, for Bickerstaff's sake, things will go okay. I'm personally very nervous about all this. Don't know what we'll see. Let's see how he manages the rotations. And Beeline's final game, Tristan had... 27 and 11 off the bench. The one thing I did not realize until I was going through tweets right before I started recording was that Kevin Love and Andre Drummond actually share an agent. So, interesting to see if that plays a part this summer. As you know, Love still has several years on his contract. There were thoughts of trading him. There were a lot of uh, entertaining, they were entertaining it for a good long while. If he does get dealt, Larry Nance comes into the starting lineup. No problem there. Not as good as Kev, but a talented player that may, might even be a better passer and definitely more athletic, better shot blocker for the four spot. Not many teams have two shot blockers. Shout out to those Grizzlies again. Jaron Jackson and Jonas Valanciunas having two of them. We'll see what ends up happening. Drummond should re-sign. Apparently, what he said about the situation in Cleveland being worse than Detroit, you know how bad Detroit was. Drummond does not want a playoff series, didn't in his seven years in Detroit, didn't even win a game, swept by the Cavs one year and swept by the Bucks last year, both as an eight seed, barely over five hundred. if they even had a winning record at all. I mean, they had Blake Griffin last year, that was really it though, Luke Kennard was still improving, Reggie Jackson, Reggie's now out of Detroit, he's in with the Clippers, We'll see what ends up happening. So that'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. Back right on the air tomorrow. I'm going to be previewing the second half of the season and the first game to kick off the second half of the year against the number nine seeded Wizards, who are, believe it or not, the injuries, the trades, the randomness of the roster. They're only two games out behind Orlando. We'll see you tomorrow.